0: do in our Christian walk that help us to draw closer to God. So we've talked about Sabbath and rest and the importance of taking care of um, our bodies in that way and resting specifically, taking a break. Um, We've talked about serving and gathering as a community and some of these typical things that we think about when we think of uh, Christian practices, things that we do to help us in our Christian walk. Tonight we're going to talk about something that's maybe a little bit abnormal Maybe you've not ever heard anybody talk about this before in this way, so bear with me if it sounds strange at first. We're talking tonight about the practice of being human. We're talking about the practice of being human, being embodied, and living in our bodies. If you're like me, you probably haven't really thought a whole lot about what that means. Maybe some of you have, but I had not really even thought about what it means to live in my body, to be embodied, to be human as God created me to be human until just a couple of years ago when that's kind of the direction my journey took me, um, my faith journey. So let me start with an example, a story that might help you understand what I'm talking about. Just, I think it was this week, Chris posted a picture on Facebook and I didn't put it up on the screen for you because it contains a naked child and i'm not sure that that's completely appropriate for um yes yes so chris posted a picture of our sweet leah that's so cute (laughs) leah was eating the last piece of her birthday cake and being leah who she is she decided that she wanted to eat her birthday cake in her birthday suit. So the picture is Leah with her hands raised triumphantly in the air, her mouth full of chocolate cake, and she's wearing nothing but her finest pearls and a smile from ear to ear. I looked at Chris and I was like, she is going to hate you for this someday. And of course Leah responded something along the lines of, no way, I love to be naked. I love to be naked. I've heard that about you, Isabella. I love to be (laughs) naked. Okay, that's good, that's good. See, Leah and Bella have this completely unwavering love for their bodies. Um, They go, for Leah, She doesn't matter what she's wearing or what she's not wearing, she'll run and jump and play and she'll do all kinds of fun things. She somersaults, she, she goes out in public with chocolate all over her face, she wears mismatched socks, mismatched shoes, like she just doesn't care. She loves her body. She has no fear or embarrassment. And we love that about you, Leah, don't we? We love that Leah is so bold and proud to be who she is. I think many of us, when we were children, might have related to this. No one really had to tell us to enjoy every moment, to feel every emotion, or to stop and smell the roses, or to observe what was going on around us. When you're three or four, that's just not a conversation that someone has to have with you. Don't worry, it's okay, you can feel those emotions. Like, kids just feel their emotions. They just live in their bodies, and they just do these things, and they embrace everything that it is to be human. When you're four, life is grand. All the sights, all the smells, all the feels, all the new adventures to be had. And Leah was just living her fullest life when she had her last piece of birthday cake. I dread the day when Leah will learn to be self-conscious. It's almost inevitable that sometime in her journey she's going to come home and say to me, I don't think so-and-so likes my this. Or... I'm afraid that I don't fit in because of this, or I'm not sure I like this about myself. I wish I was more like XYZ, right? And I don't know about all of you, but I kind of grew up in a world and a culture where the message about my body and about who I am, like physically who I am, was an overwhelmingly negative message. Um, And I'm not trying to diss on like you know, rules and things like that, but I grew up, we don't dance, we don't hug, we don't do anything that might be even remotely considered provocative. We don't allow um, our skin or our emotions or our desires to guide our lives in any ways. Uh, We use our brain and we live for that higher, you know, our soul, everything's about our soul and our eternal state. And some of those things are good, like we should be careful about the way we dress and we should be, you know, mindful of how we affect other people and how we can come across. But often, in our culture, the message that we receive is that our bodies are inherently evil, that we can't trust our flesh to guide us and to lead us, that our emotions are bad. I remember a youth worker one time telling me that I just need to get control of my emotions. And I don't remember the situation, I don't remember why we were having this conversation, but the general idea was, you know, as you get older or as you mature, you will be able to control your emotions and your emotions won't affect you so much. And, but what I felt him saying was, that I needed to stuff that part of me away, that my emotions were bad, and that it was not okay to feel and live in the world in a way that affected my emotions, if that makes sense. For others, maybe you didn't receive the message that your body and who you are is bad, but maybe the message you received was that your body is a stumbling block for your spirituality. So somehow your spiritual self is more important and maybe needed more tending and that your body was disposable and that the desires of your flesh only keep you from following God more fully. I think in evangelical Christianity, we have taken one extreme or the other. We either seem to think that our body is evil and immoral and will lead you to a path of destruction, or we seem to think that our body is rubbish and it's just a vessel or maybe even a cage that carries us from this life to the next life. So the result is that our bodies become the thing that give us the most grief they never work the way we want them to. Our knees are aching, our back is stiff, we can't seem to lose that pesky weight, Um, we use all kinds of products and techniques to reduce the signs of aging, or maybe maybe we just neglect our bodies entirely, like we don't go to the doctor when we need to, or maybe we don't go to the dentist when we need to. I'm guilty of that. We eat junk food, we shy away from any kind of physical activity, We get sick at the most inopportune times, and that can just be a really big nuisance, so we begrudge our bodies for that. Or maybe it's that we have a sickness that comes with a prognosis that's less than desirable. And sometimes we just long for our bodies to be something else, or to be rid of them, or to to live a different life than the life that we're living. And sometimes the things that we do that are considered immoral or whatever, we blame those on our flesh and blood, and then anything that we do that's moral and good, we attribute that to our souls. And so we have this hatred for our flesh and we favor our souls over our flesh. So we're creating this divide between two vital parts of ourselves. We become like a dichotomous divided being and we kind of try to live in two separate realms. But we are never completely whole. So we have our body, and we have our soul, or our spirit, and sometimes people have minds, so there's maybe three different parts of that. But whatever it is, we're dividing our body up into these ourselves, our humanity, into these different categories that our body wasn't meant to be divided up into. The problem with this line of thinking is that God never intended us to be divided into two pieces. Your body and your soul are not separate pieces of this life. Um, temporary puzzle, instead your body and your soul are aspects of your humanity that work and live and thrive together. It's so my body and my soul together are the way that I experience the world and the way that I build relationships with others and the way that I experience God most fully. We could spend weeks on this, just walking through the scripture to see how the biblical narrative talks about how God intended our bodies and our embodiment and our humanity to be used and valued. And I I can't go into every minute detail of that today, but what I want us to see is there's three things that I want us to see. Um, And I'm going to go through these really briefly because we have some fun things that we're going to do after to kind of help practice this. But I'm going to go through these briefly, and they're things that you can think about, things that we can talk about later, or things that maybe you might want to study on your own. But the first thing is this. God's intention for us was and is that we exist as embodied creatures, Genesis two seven it says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. So if we have sometimes people I think have this idea that like when we go to heaven we're going to be these disembodied souls that just like float up in the clouds. <laughs> Anybody ever heard that or seen that in a comic strip or something like people just sitting up in clouds playing harps? We have this idea that we're going to be these disembodied souls. But my question for you is, if God intended for us to be just souls, like in an eternal realm, why didn't God just create us that way? Why didn't God just make us to start these floating souls or whatever, however it would look, floating or, I don't know, gliding, whatever souls would do? Instead, God created our bodies intentionally. God intentionally made the first humans in, in bodies. He gave them flesh and blood and five senses because that's like the creative genius that flows from God's heart. Our bodies were given to us for a purpose, and they're, they're the means by which we experience the world around us. And the Bible tells us that our bodies uh, were not just for use on this earth, but they'll be with us in eternity. So it's not even just right now that we're embodied. 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44 says, So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. So the bodies that we have now are mortal, and yes, they're affected by sin, and there are things that we uh, physically maybe can't actually overcome. Like there's, there's effects of the fallenness. On our bodies but the idea is that when Christ returns these bodies are going to be redeemed and made new and and perfected from beginning to end God created us to be embodied creatures our bodies are a part of our eternal selves as much as they are a part of ourselves in this life so not only did God purposefully and intentionally create us with bodies God also secondly declared that our bodies are good And he gave us the capacity for bearing God's image in the world. In Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27, it says, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in God's own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And then in verse 31, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. The concept that we see here is of is image-bearing. We are, we are good, and we are made to bear God's image. And this concept is really, it's pretty complex and intricate. And I would love to spend a whole, like, I don't know, long time here and just talk about what it means to be made in the image of God. But for now... What we need to know is that because we're made in the image of God, we have the capacity to reflect God's goodness to the world. We have the capacity to do something worthwhile in the world, and that image-bearing makes us able to be in relationship with each other and in relationship with God. So our embodied selves are good in the sight of God, and they lead us into the purposes that God has for humanity. And these are really, really good and important things for us to understand. But perhaps the most important thing for us to know tonight is that Not only are we good and God has a purpose for us, but God revealed God's self, God's own care for humanity and flesh and for embodiment, when God actually came to earth and became flesh and blood for us. We read in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, "...in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made." In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And then verse 9, it says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And then verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is not only the physical representation of God in the world. Jesus is also the epitome of our embodiment for our humanity. He is not a division of soul and body. Jesus is holistically, entirely God and flesh. So if our flesh were evil or bad or if it was if our bodies were so sinful and immoral, God would not have we could put flesh on. God would not have submitted God's self to that flesh. If our, if our bodies were garbage or if they were a hindrance to our eternal spiritual soul, would God have cared enough to show us how best to wear our flesh? And there are so many things about Jesus coming and embodying humanity that point us toward a holistic understanding of our bodies. Jesus healed the sick, he embraced men and women alike. He cared for the poor and the outcasts. Um, he ignored social stigmas and Jewish laws in order to, like, eat with sinners and touch the unclean people. And he, he lived and breathed and ate and drank and loved. And not just those who were like him. Jesus did this for every person that he came in contact with. All people of all ethnicities, both male and female, are good and cherished by God. So we're reading this book in community group called Liturgy of the Ordinary, And the author said in our chapter this week, she said, Christ's ordinary years are part of our redemption story because of the incarnation and those long, unrecorded years of Jesus' life. Our small, normal lives matter. If Christ spent most of his life in quotidian ways, then all of life is brought under his lordship. There is no task too small or routine to reflect God's glory and worth. Just the very fact that Jesus walked on this earth gives meaning to our everyday lives. Jesus had emotions, our emotions matter. Jesus breathed clean air and spent time out in nature, our breathing fresh air and our relationship with nature matters. Jesus ate and drank, our eating and our drinking matters. Jesus touched his friends and his followers, and he spent time building relationships with them. Our relationships matter. Jesus had five senses, and he sweat when he worked in the sun, and he bathed, and he smiled when he was happy, and he cried when he was sad. So our ordinary, everyday lives matter. (laughs) Jesus healed sick bodies, and he helped people who were unwell to become well. So our spirituality and our I'm sorry, our health and our flourishing matter. And Jesus was both... He was fully spiritual and fully human, so our spirituality and our humanity matter. Yet we have so effectively separated our material bodies from our immaterial souls, I think we've lost sight of what it means to be human. One of my favorite authors is Barbara Brown Taylor, and she wrote a book called An Altar in the World. She says, we would rather lock up our bodies than listen to what they have to say. (coughs) Where Christianity is concerned, this leaves us in the peculiar position of being followers of the word made flesh, who neglect our own flesh, or worse, who treat our bodies with shame and scorn. Our bodies matter. We're not some divided being with an eternal portion that matters and a material, mortal portion that doesn't matter. What we do in and with our bodies directly affects how we perceive the world and how we experience God. So every part, I think we don't talk about this enough. Every part of our worship is affected by our bodies. Um, when we come into this place, first of all, we sometimes like to sit in a you or a circle, and that in itself, I mean, we see each other. We're part of a community. We are here together in this place. We're not just isolated individuals sitting in a chair. We're here as a community in our physical selves. We are here together. Uh, we think about God with our minds We touch and feel and taste and sometimes smell the elements of communion. Uh, We raise our hands when we praise uh, during worship, during singing. Um, We raise our hands when we're joyful. Sometimes we fall to our knees in supplication when we're feeling sorrowful. We see God in nature and we see God in each other. We hear God's creation all around us. We sing with our voices. We receive the proclaimed word through our hearing or reading. When we are in this place gathered together, I don't think sometimes we realize how much our bodies are a part of our worship. We have so just separated it. We come here to tend to our souls. We come here to hear the word. We come here to sing, maybe have some nice conversations with people. But our bodies are the way that we experience each other and we experience God. So what do we even begin to do with this? How can we possibly work this all out in a way that makes sense? Because we know that our bodies fail us. And the effects of sin on creation have affected our bodies. And, and there's illness and there's, there's different things that we have to work through. And there's um, just all kinds of ill effects on our body that we don't love and we don't care for. So I completely understand why we have this struggle sometimes. If God is good, why do we experience these bad things in our bodies And I don't have it all worked out myself, but I do know that without embodiment, we lose connection with one another. Without embodiment, we lose connection with creation, and we lose a vital part of our connection to God. So when we lean into a separation between body and soul, we begin to see people around us differently than we might otherwise. course, none of these people in in here would say this, but I see this in others, and I've seen it in things that I've read. When we uh, don't understand God's care for our bodies and for our physical um, nature, a lot of times what happens is poverty doesn't begin, it becomes less important. Maybe rape is less important. It doesn't matter because these are just our physical bodies. Um, Gender inequality doesn't matter. Racism doesn't matter. Caring for those. are broken or marginalized becomes less important. And when we think about God's creation, hot button issues like global warming and uh, recycling and clean air initiatives become political instead of biblical. And we find it less and less important to care for what God has given us here. Ultimately, we find ourselves maybe even begging God to take us away from this fallen world and from our fallen bodies rather than living each moment like my four-year-old does breathing each breath as if it were a gift from God. So tonight, I think, we're not going to be able to do this tonight, but we're going to start the process. We need to reclaim our bodies as good. And we need to reclaim the narrative that our physical embodiment is, is wholesome and healthy and godly. And we need to destroy the narrative that our bodies are shameful or that they are rubbish or that they have no effect on our lives lived in Christ. Because God created humanity in God's own image. And God called it good. And God sent his son to be the embodiment, to show us what it means to live in a physical body. So today, some of you have probably noticed, we have some things around the room, slightly different. Um, We're going to practice this because we're doing a series called Practices. Practices, plural. Practice. We're doing a series called Practice. Practice. And so we're going to practice this. We are going to actually take some time. And I really wanted to speak shorter, but I have preacher in my blood, so I spoke longer. So we're going to take about 20 minutes or so. And we're going to go to these different stations, and we're going to be mindful of how our physical, um, our nature as physical people affects our worship and affects the way we see God. So we're going to play some music. And... um, I'm going to explain real quick what the stations are. So here in the center, we have our communion elements, like we always do. And what I would like you to do is I would like you to come, if you have family with you, to come and you can read together what's on this card. And then it even gives you instructions about what to say when you're serving and receiving if you want to. But I would like you to come and serve each other communion. Part of being community and being physically embodied is is being in a relationship with each other. So we're gonna serve communion to each other. And if you don't have family with you, then find a friend and do that. You can do that first if you want to, so that you can spend more time with the other or you can come later, that's fine too. Um, On this side over here, we have Play-Doh, which my kids are really excited about and I'm hoping some adults will be excited about too. Uh, But we're gonna just create something. God is a creative being. He created the earth and all the things that we see. And when we tap into that creativity, we are living into part of God's purpose for us. So create something that makes you think of God's care for the world, care for you, or something that um, helps you to understand your relationship with God better. The same on that table over there. We have watercolors and papers that you can paint. Um, And there's a little passage for you to read if you'd like to focus on that to help you. Over here, there's two different things. Um, there's a spot for journaling. A lot of us, I think, learn by writing. And so there's pens of different colors and paper. So you can, there's a few different prompts on those cards. You can journal what you read there. Um, or you can journal something else. You can write a poem. Use your creativity in that way. And then this one on the back is a prayer station. So there's a little psalm to read as a prayer. And I'm going to turn the diffuser on. And we're going to smell our prayers rising to heaven. So we're trying to use all of our senses sight, touch taste, I don't know, touch, smell, smell. I don't know what that one is. But we're trying to use as many of our senses as we can today so that we can practice embodiment. Because living a life of faith is not just about accepting some cognitive, mind-only set of beliefs. Living a life of faith requires living and doing and being. So um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to turn on some music, and I'm going to let you all go to your stations. Yes, ma'am. Oh, it says on the paper oh. when you make your play-doh if you would like to take your creation home with you there's paper bags or you can put it back in the tubs either way is fine so I haven't told you to go yet silly goose oh, I haven't. Nope. <laughs> all right I'm gonna pray and then I'll bring us back and we'll close together so Heavenly Father thank you so much for the chance to be together in this community thank you for loving us thank you for loving even our bodies and the physical nature of us, Lord, thank you for seeing fit to create us as beings that have senses and have emotions and have things that help us to experience you more fully. I just ask that you would be with us during this time and that you would help us to be mindful of how our bodies matter and how your care for our bodies is important.